Hello everyone, Avoiding Entropy, I'm Tumultuous. We're going to talk a little bit about learning today. Now, to start with learning, we have to figure out how to learn first. And to figure out how to learn first, we have to figure out how to concentrate first. Because, let's face it, I think we've all heard the phrase, concentrate. You need to concentrate. What's breaking your concentration? From teachers, parents, friends, whoever, right? But has anyone ever taught you how to concentrate? So if no one's ever taught you how to concentrate, how do they expect you to do it all the time without knowing how? It's not like walking or thinking. I mean, it is a way of thinking, but it's not like seeing, for instance, when you don't have to worry about it. You just do it. It's kind of like seeing when you don't have eyes. (laughs) There's a man that could uh, use sonar to see. His name was uh, Daniel something or other, I think. And basically, he performs a series of clicks and bouncing them off of objects. He could hear buildings, trees around him. That's one hell of a concentrator right there, my friends. So perhaps before we start to learn, we need to figure out how to concentrate, which is easier said than done, but it's possible, and it's not very, very hard. You just have to keep doing it. Discipline is the key here. After we've figured out how to concentrate, we now have to figure out how to learn. Most of us are adults, and I mean that by over, let's say over 17, I hope all of you guys are, and if not, great, then this will be in use for you in a couple of years. But most of us are adults, so we don't have, we don't have the old-fashioned way of learning anymore and going to school if we're not lucky enough to have the money to go to college now or time. There's a way for us to learn new things about ourselves without having to do all of that. And that's fairly simple, actually. First, you must figure out your weaknesses are where your defense walls are built from your defense mechanisms and everything you've done up to this point in your life to avoid the things that frighten you or you don't understand. How do you identify something like that about yourself if you're always defensive about it? When someone's drunk and you ask them if they're drunk, what do they say? Of course not. I'm fine. It's a defense mechanism automatically built into your system because you want to avoid danger, trouble, panic mode. Because if someone knows you're drunk, God forbid, they do you know? So... The way to do that, without knowing where they are, because you've been shielding yourself from it so much, is to see what you envy in other people. Now, if you, none of you can tell me that you envy, if, or actually, I'm sorry, I apologize. If one of you can tell me that you don't have the feeling of jealousy, even to the slightest degree, at all, ever, I will call you a liar to your face, and you could delete my podcast, and please don't ever talk to me again. Because <laughs> if you're a human, unless you're, of course, you're an alien or an AI, in which case, you're probably still in that boat. Because as artificial as intelligence is, for it to be like real intelligence, it has to learn jealousy. That's an emotion. It's a very, very strong emotion that leads to anger, that leads to motivation, retaliation, and defense. So whatever you're envious, the people that you look up to could be considered a form of jealousy. I want to be like him. Oh, that's jealousy. You're not angry about it, no, but you envy something. You want it from someone. You want it, but you can't achieve it. That's exactly it. There's your flaw. Your defense is that which you cannot achieve, or not yet, anyway. Because anything is possible, my friends. I'm living proof of that so far. (laughs) So you have to sit for a minute and think to yourself, who are my heroes, who are my enemies, and why? 
who do not who do I not like in this world? I'm sure at this point you could have a couple role models picked out. Be it Messi or Britney Spears, Gretzky, Muhammad Ali, Mahatma Gandhi, Al Capone, whoever the fuck it is that you look up to. Those are actually your flaws. The things that they have that you admire most in them is the things that you don't have. Because if you had those things, you'd either be competitive or you'd be accepting with it. So if I was the fastest runner on the planet and some guy looked up to me and he was right next to me, he didn't. You would stop looking up to your heroes once you get to their level. They don't no longer become your heroes unless they keep excelling, of course, and so on and so forth. But the hero should always be someone in the future because it's something you haven't attained yet. So if you write down a list of things that you admire in people, you essentially write down a list of things that you need to work on for yourself. And that is what you start learning. That is how you learn about yourself. Now, what's the fundamental aspect of learning? Einstein said that education is everything that you know after you've forgotten everything you've learned in school. What does that mean? Well, in school they teach you subjects, they teach you facts, but they don't teach you really how to learn, do they? No, they don't. They kind of do in kindergarten and first grade, but that's about it. I went to culinary school for six months. They spent a week on knife skills. A week on knife skills. Are you serious? You shouldn't even be able to touch a knife in a week. Japanese swordsmen take years before they touch a blade. Years. You have to practice for 10 years on a fish, on a puffer fish, to be able to uh, fillet it uh, legally. 10 years apprenticeship. And you tell me I'm supposed to learn knife skills in a week? Come on. Realistically speaking here, some people are more advanced than others in some things. For example, if I took, let's see, um, Wing Chun, for instance, which is the art form, the martial art form that Bruce Lee, um, Ip Man, and all of them started on. It's the basis of it deflection and small light punches but very fast at particular targets the stance is different than boxing the knees are bent inwards it's a triangular version versus a rectangle or a trapezoid leaning forward but if you have a broken left shoulder you're going to have a problem with some of the moves the martial arts wasn't designed for a person with someone with someone with a dislocated shoulder so you have to know the fundamentals and the general basics of the thing then adapt it to your lifestyle because you are already an adult if you're a kid with perfect shoulders, then yeah, you could start from the beginning. But that, what, that's what Bruce Lee essentially did. He took Wing Chun and he adapted it to his own persona because he was way more advanced in certain things than other people. Can he kick a soda bottle off of my head? Probably without even lifting his foot. You know what I mean? <laughs> but could he pick up a 600 pound weight? No, he could not. Because the man was 130 pounds. I don't care how strong you are. Now, as a brute that could pick up a 600-pound weight, one of the strongest men in the world, what's his name? The Swedish guy? Can he kick a soda bottle off my head? Probably not. But he could pick up a fucking Volkswagen. So you see, if they both took the same martial arts form, it would have to be a different approach with them. Same thing with you and learning. You can't, you can't learn everything by the book now. You have to learn the fundamentals. My culinary um, institute was a French culinary institute in classic technique. Classic meaning old school. And I mean like when this shit first, start, first started getting invented, when somebody took an onion and the garlic and said, whoa, these taste kind of weird, but good. What if I mix it with the stuff that I got from the ocean, this white stuff called salt? Wow. And what if I put this on this red meat that I got when I killed the deer? Whoa. Hey, so how about you try this blackberry thing I got, you know, and so on and so forth. So you have to know the fundamentals because if you don't know how to fillet the deer, or gather the salt, or 
grow the onion or cut it properly, you wouldn't know what the fuck you're doing anyway. So my advice to you for learning is figure out your weaknesses by figuring out who your admirations are and then starting to learn with the fundamentals. Good luck. I'll see you soon. Hello, everybody. Avoiding entropy, tumultuous. I think we were talking about learning last time. You know, how to discover the weaknesses that you have, the defense mechanisms that you may or may not be aware of by looking at the people that you admire and seeing the flaws or their things that you like about them, rather, and that them being your flaws. Well, let me put it to you this way. I don't know much about this whole, uh, let's say, rehabilitation therapy, but I know this. If I tell you not to think of a polar bear, like Sigmund said on TikTok, don't think of a polar bear, whatever you do. You already are, because I just told you not to do it. It's hard for us not to think of something, especially when someone tells us not to, because they're bringing that something up. So, like Alcoholics Anonymous, for instance, they say never have another drink. Ever again. That's so terrible. Like, as an alcoholic, you don't want to join Alcoholics Anonymous because you don't never want to have another drink. That's bullshit. Maybe you don't want to drink as much, but you definitely don't want to stop. No one ever wants to stop completely. And to tell you the truth, the people that are like hardcore AA people are addicted. They're just not addicted to alcohol. They're addicted to meetings. They try to squeeze them in, you know, during lunch and stuff like that. It's bullshit. I don't agree with that at all. I think that the the best way to uh, stop that is to first the twelve step program. I'll maybe I'll take a couple of steps out of there because they are good. Like admitting that you have the problem, right? So if you're drunk, next time, admit that you're drunk. When someone asks you, are you drunk? If it's your boyfriend or your girlfriend in the middle of a fight, then you're forced you're going to say, no way. You're probably never going to say, yes, I'm drunk. Very few people do because they don't, one, they don't think they're drunk, and two, they don't want to admit the fact that they are because it admits weakness, vulnerability, whatever. So try it. Next time you're drunk, just admit to everyone that you're drunk. You don't have to fucking yell it. Somebody asks you, just tell them. You know, maybe you do tell your friend, yo, listen, I'm too drunk, I gotta go home. That's good. But if you don't, then you probably have a drinking problem that you don't want people knowing about. That's okay. Not the, worry. Not the end of the world, although it is the most, uh, the drug that kills the most people, I think. Withdrawals from heroin can't kill you, but withdrawals from alcohol can. With a cold turkey withdrawal from drinking heavily can spend you, send you into a seizure. Yeah, it's crazy. Happened to a friend of mine. It's a terrible thing. And the thing is, is he still to this day does not admit that he's drunk when he's drunk. He's been through all of it, rehab, AA, all kinds of shit. And the one thing that he has never done yet is tell me, D, I'm drunk. I'd be like, I know, you know? But I'd be surprised to hear it. Just like with my ex-girlfriend or a bunch of people that I know. I used to work at a bar. Well, I still work at a restaurant, but I used to work behind the bar. And it would be all the time. Like a person, for instance, I, uh, he took the red sippy straws out of his drink and put them next to him the cup or the drink glass whatever and then uh, like he had like four or five there and I just took my threw them out and he got mad at me and I was like what's the matter he's like don't you know what they are and I was like no I just throw garbage he's like no I'm keeping track of my drinks oh shit that makes sense you know the guy keeps track of his drinks by saving the straws once he's had too many he knows to cut himself off but perhaps does that really work though because after eight do you really give a fuck how many straws there are you know 
The point is it's, a, it's an attempt to solve his problems by first admitting him. And that is the key to most of this, is to realize those things about you that you do not know. And the only way to do that is to see the reflection that you are with other people. So other people see you not the way you see yourself. Physically, literally, and figuratively, in all the ways. Because, one, when you take a selfie or you look in the mirror, it's reversed, right? Because it's bouncing back at you. That's not what people see. People see if you took a mirror image on the camera there and you flipped it, that's what people see. So already you're like, whoa, because you're not used to seeing that. You look the same, my man or my woman. Like, don't worry about it. (laughs) But it's the point. The way you act is also the same flipped mirror image, but it's a lot different because people only get a glimpse of you. So if a person meets you in an hour, for an hour, and in that hour you're pissed, that person now thinks you live like that. Doesn't know that you haven't had a day, if having a bad day or a good day. Any impression you put out is what you get, but it's with those reflections that you can learn about yourself. You know, ask people questions that you would want people to ask you. You know, what's your favorite this, what's your favorite that? And don't tell them to ask you afterwards, I'm sure they will, because they'll catch on. But it's a good way of seeing how people react, but not with the answer to their question, with the way they react to the question. So if you like this person, this is a friend of yours, and you ask them a question that you would feel uncomfortable and they feel perfectly comfortable with answering it, then that is something you probably should work on. Whatever the question is about and how they're feeling answering it. Hello, friends. Continuing on here. I want everyone to realize that first of all actually before I do that I want to, I want to thank every one of you everyone that's listening to my voice right now any eardrums where my vocal vibrations have v- ventured into I appreciate from the bottom of my heart I never thought that I would be able to open so many eyes configure so many perceptions and just take someone's time off of whatever they're doing to listen to me for a second now I do understand that some people have learned something from me talking and posting videos and I could not find a feeling that is more of an accomplishment than that because to tell you the truth I've always liked teaching but more importantly I like teaching when it's stuck like when you teach someone something and then you come back and you see that they're excelling at it and you're like wow that's a great great feeling so if, if, if anything, thank you for that. Then thank you for listening. I really, really do love you and appreciate you from the bottom of my heart. All right, you fuckers. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, now we'll talk about the difference between uh, micro and macro. All right, what does that mean? Well, micro is small, macro is big, right? If you think about Einstein, what he thought about was the stars in the sky far, far away, planets, speed of light, like, like not here, Right? That's physics, Newtonian physics, Newton, Isaac Newton. I think that's the guy whose apple fell on his head, and he's like, wow, there's gravity. Well, no shit, Sherlock, you know, keep digging, Watson, which is a good comeback to that joke, by the way. (laughs) Micro, or quantum, is the study of something small. Now, I think I've said this before, but I'll say it again. If you look at the clouds during a a, uh, sunny day, so say you have cirrus or cumulus clouds, which is like these big puffy like pillow-like clouds, right? And then you have the sun shining through them, kind of. Not through them, but when the cloud just meets the sun right there, if you look at the illuminated part of the cloud through a telescope or even a binoculars, you will see a pattern 
very similar to that of cotton, like a white towel, when looked through under a magnifying glass. Now think about that statement for a second. You're looking at something far away, so far away, it's in the atmosphere, the stratosphere, right? Like you think it's called the stratosphere. Anyway, through a, through a lens, right? And then you're looking at something that's right in front of your face, even closer. You're trying to get even closer to it through a different lens. And literally, you will see the same thing. Cotton looks exactly like the clouds when the sun is hitting them. And the only reason that the, the sun thing comes into play is because you need light in the sky for you to see the effect that I'm talking about. When you're looking at cotton through a, a magnifying glass, you usually have a light on it somehow, you know? So micro and macro are pretty much this, they're the same thing. They're explanations of the same thing. But what quantum physics differs, where it differs than Newtonian physics, is physics encompasses an area that's more than just geographical, physical. People think physics and physical. Well, quantum physics is exactly the opposite of physical. The speed of which something travels is not the speed of light. That's the quickest. It's the speed of thought. Because the speed of thought is an electrical impulse that's quicker than light. In fact, it's quicker than time. We don't have a time measurement for the speed of thought because that's how fast it is. You, for you to have an original thought that's controlled by you 100%, to move your wrist. If I put you in a room and I sit you in a chair and I say, move your wrist whenever you want. As many times as you'd like. And I put an EEG, which is an electroencephalogram, on your brain that measures brain activity. You will notice that half a second before the, the thought has had, or the message was sent to your hand to move your wrist, which, by the way, is like less than fractions of a second. The, the impulse to, to move your hand intentionally is half a second less. Before that half a second message is sent, the brain starts thinking about it. So it's a second before your wrist moves, you have the thought to move your wrist. Do you understand what that means? Like you think you move your wrist instantaneously. I think about it, it moves. No, bro, a second has passed. And if you think about it, one, one thousand, two, one thousand, that's a long time for you to process a thought, isn't it? That's because it's not really happening in the same way you think. Your time perception is slower than it is. You would know that with an EEG. Well, now we do, and now you do. So that's the difference between quantum and regular physics. Quantum physics encompasses something that I just explained to you. How is that possible? How is it possible for a heart, not the brain now, the heart, to realize that there will be a gruesome image posted in front of you and send you into quote-unquote panic protective mode? A different experiment was uh, conducted. People were sat in a chair and they were displayed images, one of a kitten, two of a puppy, three of gruesome blood and gore. I'm sure they signed a waiver. And you'd never know because the images were at random, generated by a computer, so you didn't know which one was which and when it was. 99% of the time, the heart, four seconds before the image came up, that was gruesome, it sent the warning sign to the brain the heart now so you can feel when it's coming because whoever took that picture felt something i'm sure whoever saw that picture felt something so in that picture there is a notion that's carried with it even though it is inside of a computer it is not 
the notion of the computer. It is not the energy of you or your heart. It's the energy of the picture that your heart is perceiving. Not the computer sending the energy. If you put a light in a room and you put a plant in a corner of a room and you shine the light above it, that's random and it swings. Eventually, the light will start randomly, quote-unquote, swinging towards the plant. It is not the light that's moving. And it is not the plant that's telling the light to move. It's the energy that requires light to live is absorbing the energy of light in that room to live, to sustain itself, to find balance. Everything comes down to balance, no matter how far or close it may be. So follow your heart, because it's four seconds ahead of your brain. Happy thinking. See you soon. Hello, friends. To wrap up this segment, I would like to touch a little bit on time dilation. I've done a couple of posts on this, and people are asking questions that I answered, but that's okay. I don't expect everybody to watch all the videos, you know. But uh, just in case any of you haven't gotten around to them, time dilation is something that happens when time either speeds up or slows down. So when you're having fun, usually time flies because you're processing the information faster than normal. And if you're detained or late, well, actually, if you're late, it also flies. <laughs> but if you're detained and it's a drag, it's boring because you're not processing information fast. During a car crash and adrenaline running through your veins, everything stops almost. It's not that time actually slows down, but time is in the eye of the beholder, so to speak, the perceiver. When you experience something that you're seeing in slow motion, it's because your body is processing faster because it's fight or flight at that point. There is a way to control it, but it's difficult because you actually have to induce a panic. And if I were you, I would just save it for the panic moments. However, it's a good thing to practice reflexes. For instance, there's a boxing um, drill where you have the tennis ball on a rubber band around your head and you kind of punch it and it flies back at you. It's a good way to practice hand-eye coordination as well as time dilation. So next time you are having fun, don't look at the clock. Just perceive. <laughs>